Welcome back to another episode of Pieced Off with Will and Taco, brought to you by FantasySkiRacer.com and Shred Sly Tech. What a great racing weekend we just had there. Ups and downs. U- ups and downs, but a lot of fun skiing to watch. Can't Absolute. wait for this next one. Lake Lindsay. Lake Lindsay. Don't don't count her out. That is the dark horse. That, she's not even a dark horse, but it's just, even even when you don't think she's giving you anything, like in the training runs, oh, expected on race day. Yeah, and I guess... I thought no training hasn't had prep in years. Yeah, and then yeah, I'm Lindsey Vaughn. I'm going to go and dominate the world. I, uh, you know, I go up and down with her with my my fanhood, but I mean, right now I'm like a hundred percent there because it, I'm just so impressed, yeah. just time and time again, and especially noticing how little skiing she's getting these days and how well she's dominating still is just like even more impressive. I mean, I'm she's got she's got. Uh, I got her deep in my heart right now. <laughs> and the rest of the women's team had a good showing. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, it was splashed across the top 30 there. Awesome, awesome uh, dominance still. And one of, them. one of the girls that Lindsay is generously paying for a lot of her season, Jackie Wells, had a has an awesome downhill showing there. For, Absolutely. Uh, top 20 there. So mm-hmm. um, Loren had... Great turns, great training runs, big mistakes in the races. But. Yeah, that second, first day midsection, that like third or fourth split there, not as awesome as the training runs would uh, would lead you to believe. Yeah, and I guess we now kind of know what's going to happen in the women's speed a little bit. We know the the contenders in those races, and it's going to be fun to fun to keep watching that all season yeah for sure and i'm anticipating some more excellence out of the u.s women I, you know for sure you can see that they're all skiing well they're dialed in so yeah uh, so i'm going right there michaela schifrin 15th in the super g watch out combi world i mean she's she's probably gonna take over these combis and and that's gonna help you know hopefully propel her close to close to an overall title we'll mm-hmm. see absolutely um and then we go to beaver creek and it, my big takeaway is watch out world Andrew Weibrecht is coming, and he is skiing very well. He had mistakes at Lake Louise. Uh, you saw he was skiing good, but then fifth in the downhill, third first World Cup podium in the Super G. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's what really impressed me. I know Hersher's Super G run was great too, um, and, and Ted um, in Super G. But that's but my big gain out of Beaver Creek was Andrew Weibrecht is ripping. Absolutely, yeah, and, and to see. Um, having Ganon up there as well and seeing two guys that are kind of a tour de force, you know, you have to imagine that Nyman's going to pop in there too. And that, you know, the rest of that team has got to be vibing off of some good, good feelings right now. And I guess all of our conversations, we talked with Leanne last week about, um, how that women's speed team really built, um, something and, and how the magic was going on. And then, you know, our next interview coming up here with Mike Janik touched about how, the 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 Canadian slalom team had some magic back then and mm-hmm. and you can maybe see this men's speed team for the US really firing on all cylinders. There's a lot of good skiers and and they're they're really starting to bond it looks like to me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, coaching and and federation aside, I mean, you're talking about a group of athletes that have been together for a long time on both sides and you know, you, you like to see the those years of mileage together coming to fruition right now, and you know you got to believe in it. Yeah. So I guess let's uh, let's our guest here this this week is Mike Janik, um, a bronze medalist at Val d'Isere. 
uh, in the slum in 09, had success there. And, and, you know, it was fun to get his take on the, on the slalom hill, um, and, and talk about, you know, the race series there It is a steep and crazy hill Valdez mm-hmm. this weekend. Um, and then he also kind of touched on, on the women's women's races. So I think let's get to Mike and, and hear what he has to say about all this. All right. Off the cuff here. We got Mike Janik. Mike, how you doing, buddy? Good guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, we're stoked to have you on And this James. This is, this is Mike Janik world bronze medalist uh, at Val d'Azaire. We're going to Val d'Azaire this weekend, watching some ski racing. We're going there? No, we're... Are we going? Our eyes are going there. Our viewership's going there. We're all going there in our hearts. We're all going there in our hearts. (laughs) We're going to get on my magical bus. (laughs) We're going to fly. But anyways, Mike, yeah, how's it going? Where are you at now? Uh, It's going really well. Um, I'm in Whistler at home, uh, skiing around the mountain like a regular person, enjoying it. It's... uh, it's really nice to wake up and and not have to do all the their um, regimented training and, and that. Uh, but yeah, so I'm just enjoying it here in Whistler. I guess let's get right into it. Um, you've had success on the Slalom Hill there in Val d'Isere. Uh Can you take us through that hill? And, and hold and... on, correct me if I'm wrong, Will. I don't know if you prefaced this, but it was a World Championship medal that you got there, right, Mike? Yeah, and yeah, in two thousand nine, and that's and that's helping you pay the rent more so than maybe a World Cup podium, right? Yeah, that's why I get to just hang out a little more <laughs> for a little longer. In, in, the, <laughs> in the number one number one rated ski town in North America, is that is that I believe that's what the uh, that's what they're saying. That's what they're saying. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. they must they must not be in uh, catching Idaho. They're not in catching Idaho. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, back to it is um, Val d'Isere, Slalom Hill. Take us through it. Um, Take us through what you like about it and uh, and what you're expecting this weekend. Um, Val d'Isere, the Slalom Hill, the Festival de Var, um, it is intimidating. It always it always scared me, especially when we first decided to go there. When they um, went there, I think we had a World Cup before the World Championships as a test event, and when we started racing down that um, the fast there. Um, and that was back when they were injecting, and it was re- like on the World Cup, the injection was really, really icy. And I remember going from Levy and having like really slick conditions. You know, that was um, kind of the opening one. And then when you show up in Valdez there, and you're looking at that face with those same icy conditions, you're like, oh my, <laughs> it's intimidating. And it scared me. Um, but in that balance, um, when I was. Uh, into you know back in 2009 of the world championships i remember that day it was like a beautiful uh bluebird day and super icy and as scared as i was i knew i loved the ice and so it it forced me to to really focus on on my skiing um i never got too uh too wild and crazy on that hill because the hill demands so much um, so, I mean, when you stand at the bottom, it just goes straight up. And yeah, right. when you go over, when you go over a couple of those breakovers, like the first, you come out of the start and it's nice and mellow. I mean, when it's a soft snow, it, it's not as intimidating for sure. But if it's like a sheet of good injection and you come up to those breakovers, uh, you got to check yourself and you got to, it's those guys who are willing to continue to send it, um, and, and build speed in places that you think you just want to hold on. 
Where are some of those sp sp uh, places that you're that are critical for building speed? You think there? Um, well, starting off, it, there's that first. You know, everyone kind of has a good tempo to the start. Most people, and then there's that first breakover, and you have a which is like four uh, steep gates, and there's that middle bench, mm -hmm. um, and that middle bench to carry over to the next little breakover is is a crucial spot. And then the last part is the last bit of the pitch. I mean, it never really flattens out to the, uh, to the finish, but it's it, compared to the rest, it's flatter. <laughs> and the guys at the bottom, the last, I don't know, if, what would you say, like the last 15 seconds, yep. if, if you can continue to have a clean ski and attack, that's where, I mean, the world, my last World Cup there, like I had, uh, which was in 2013, I think, in December 2013. Exactly. Um, I would have a wicked half split and then I just kind of got tired and, and sat down a bit and couldn't continue that arc, couldn't keep a clean ski at the bottom and I dump like two seconds. And so for me, those guys who can continue uh, in those last 15 seconds to to uh, work the ski to be on the front, I mean, like Kirscher does, like Christofferson does, mm -hmm. uh, uh, those guys, yeah, that's a, a super key element. It's funny because we were talking with Ted last week, and this is an idea that's de definitely, you know, been present. But now I'm thinking a lot more about is that, you know, you your career is is diff the the difference between night and day can be the last twenty seconds of any race. <laughs> yeah. Why are you laughing? Uh, well, because I I'm laughing because my coach would always tell me that I would. Uh, like lose it on the last wow there's probably so many athletes out there but i would lose it on the last few gates absolutely and you know you look at my splits when i was real you know when i was on and it would be like third fifth sixth and then i'd be like 17th <laughs> yeah yeah no I, I i totally agree with you on the hill it's funny that first breakover you come come down those steep i mean what four five six gates and onto that bench and carrying your speed onto there you can kind of get away with risking it a little bit onto that bench but but really going clean on the bottom 15 gates having the legs to do that i mean that's the difference between winning and and just scoring points yeah yeah because it doesn't you know when you're it's easier to send it down that super steep pitch at the top because you can see the flats in front of you so you're like well if i'm gonna get a little late at least i know i can there's probably a hairpin there or maybe a flush like you know usually combos can save you and, and get your line you can re-stand up but when it's consistently going down so after you break over that last time and kind of go into the finish there's no bench it's just this like consistent good steepness and so you have to be so active because there's there's no terrain to kind of save you from like from yourself um so yeah, that's that's what makes it so difficult. Are are you more often trying to manage your turn through there, like manage your freight, or or is it um, full on attack mode and just trying to just stay ahead of it? I mean, if you, if you're feeling confident and you're and you want to win, then you're just attacking the whole the whole way. Like I remember, well, in 2009, um, so I have to say, like my other World Cups there, I never did that great. I think I was maybe 10th and 15th and a couple DNFs. Um, but in world in 2009, I remember making that middle section, sorry, the, the upper last section, as you kind of start to break over, I was like, just make it through there. It was super slick. 
and I just want to make it through there. But then I had to check myself for the last 10 seconds, be like, no, 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 now we charge. Now we let it go. So, so if you want mindset. Sorry? There's a different mindset for you that day than the others. Yeah, I, I had a little, I guess, a little less fear in there, and I was feeling confident and with my skis underneath my feet. And you get that, right? Like, yeah. I mean, I don't know how Kirscher and, and those guys probably feel, uh, and, and Henrik, and on a different level at times. Yeah. But for me, and I know, you know, Will, you're probably the same. It's like when you can get on the course and you feel your ski biting like the tip of the turn working and you can almost feel every millimeter of your edge and then you're like you build your confidence you're like oh i can do whatever i want here and that's when it starts to grow and you you just push it to the end yeah i, I think confidence in slalom is like it's almost everything especially at the world cup level like we can all do it but to be able to do it for 70 straight turns you have to be <laughs> unbelievably confident like this is just gonna happen right yeah, what, yeah. That, and I think one of the most iconic parts about Val d'Isere is that bottom pitch. I mean, you 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 always the, the camera always gives a back shot of the athlete going over, and then the crowd there at the bottom. I mean, does that play a role in that confidence or that how you attack that bottom pitch? Or are you still just thinking about feeling? Are you thinking about the fact that there's people down there <laughs> cheering you on, just going crazy, or what? Every time. I thought about the people. It generally didn't go so well. <laughs> uh, I remember my first time, or one of my times in Schladming, and you can hear the announcer on the halfway split, or in, or in Zagreb, and when it's oh. like night, and you're like, oh man, I wonder if that's a good time. You're trying to like decipher in German if that's like a good split. And then you're like, oh, I should probably focus on my scheme right around <laughs> I'm totally with you. I remember last year in Zagreb, I came through the second split, and I heard the crowd erupt. And I was like, oh, I must be ripping. And it <laughs> Two gates later, yeah, I'm on my well, back. You always had a good split on the first one. That was standard for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like that's such a that's a, so classic. The second you you, you get outside yourself, uh, you're just like that's when it the wheels come off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I guess the my next question is in let's see December 2010, the um, Canadians had six guys in the second run. Um, I believe that has to be a Canadian record in slalom. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was eight North Americans, dude. What's what's up with North America and slalom now? Like, why why have we, you know, at, you know, for December 2010 we were there, eight guys in yeah. second run, and now now we are here where we got guys battling, battling for top thirties. Yeah, I think true. it's that's um, you know, well, since I retired a, a year and a half ago, I mean, that's a large part of my conversations with with friends and and buddies who are coaches and and talking about like i mean when that magic happens and i mean you guys were talking about that with leanne too um in her interview when you were talking 2013 with the ladies uh u.s downhill team and you look back nice and you're reference. like okay no thank you <laughs> um you you think like what what was that magic what brought it together and i think it started way before that year obviously but it was a lot of key pieces just coming together. I mean, we were a, we were a groundswell of, of, of young talent, um, and we were making our own mark. And it, when you guys, to reference that, when you guys were talking to Leanne and you were talking about um, uh, the girl, like doing it the American way, you know, for us Canadians, it we 
I, I feel we we shoot ourselves in the foot sometimes when we try. I mean, we as Canadians, we're polite, right? So we try to be like the, <laughs> the Europeans. And every time I've found that I've been a part of the team where we're like trying to be like the, whether it's the Europeans or someone who's like the best or, you know, even when we're trying to be like uh, the Americans, I mean, you guys are definitely your own style than us. Uh, it's more similar, but we, we lose track of kind of who we are. And in that, in those years that we were had a strong enough group around us of, um, uh, of peers of the same age that we like almost stood strong and the organization became, uh, came around us that were like, yeah, we're, we're Canadian, we're doing it this way, and it just fed, and, and we were inspired by each other. And then we that was paired with a wicked coach, you know, at the yeah, time right. yeah. that that allowed that to happen. You know, I think that's a such a key aspect when you have an organization and a coach that allows the the creativity, the the magic of the athlete to come through. Yeah. And we had it there, and then when we became close with i mean with uh with you guys with the americans with ted with jimmy um uh who else is back then um uh, but that crew yeah just was like, yeah it was yeah david yeah david and um nolan we just started mm-hmm. yeah nolan absolutely and it just started vibing like crazy like and we would not only feed off our energy but then we were totally uh connected with similar to what you guys were doing and it just grew and so you know and then when things kind of then how do you sustain that right and when things start going the other way and we had a change in the organization money issues like i think we're quick to default to the stuff that wasn't magic that didn't make it magical right you go back to numbers you go back to all the boring stuff uh funding like trying to check boxes and is that really the stuff that makes the magic come through? And um, plus, it's—I guess—it's timing. Things go in waves. We had a a good crew of talent that came from man being inspired by like Eddie Potovinsky winning a bronze in the nineties. You know? Yeah. Uh, so it, yeah, it, it, who knows? It's so it's so interesting and uh, hitting hitting on that topic of like man. Back in around that that 2010 2011 season, <clears throat> I mean, we were how much fun did we have racing oh all gosh. those races? <laughs> yeah. and, and that your crew, our crew, we trained together, and then all of a sudden we we went our separate ways more. It felt like, and yeah. not not a, we we'd hang out in races and stuff, but we wouldn't train together anymore. And it's it's yeah. it's interesting. Uh, it, I don't know, I don't know the right answer, but I'm hoping that these programs can merge a little bit more and you know we've we both speak the same language over there so hopefully yeah. these, these young guys you know there's talent there's talent in both both oh, man, both yeah. uh both systems well, right now so oh big time for sure but I, the one thing i see with the canadian system though is just like you guys are, are much it's much more critical um uh funding driven uh mo i think you know with the U.S., you know, we're, you know, you you get named, you pay to play, but you're named. Whereas even if you're paying to play in Canada, you're not necessarily named still. Yeah, you know. yeah. I mean, yeah, you're looking at well, Robbie Dixon right now, you know, mm-hmm. trying to, um, uh, with us, and you have uh, well, Eric Reed, who just was well, 23rd and then <laughs> disqualified yeah. for being too high on his bindings in Beaver Creek, who's 
going to school right now in the States. And that's probably, I mean, there's probably, who knows, but the, you know, it's shift in the culture and it's, you know, it's probably a good thing that they have at least an option to go to the States. There's a bit of that mixing. You get that Norwegians who are going there, you know, Euros and it's making more. I believe you're talking about DU right now. Yeah, or I mean, yeah, to you, or don't you, they all have a University of Vermont. Euros? Yeah, yeah. But, but I get, um, I guess what the the next the next question is is who do you uh, you know in the GS? Did you you've raced the GS there too? Also, right? No, uh, I remember I have you raced, raced the GS. It. Yeah, I lost both poles in the start and <laughs> raced it with no poles. You raced that GS hill with no poles. <laughs> Yeah, I I had I popped out of the start and they got stuck in the wooden things and they popped both out as I pushed out and I was like, well, might as well. <laughs> <laughs> Did you finish? That was like seven and a half seconds out. <laughs> uh, sometimes it's just about the fight. I love it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, who uh, who who are you looking for? Who do you think's uh, you know? I guess we'll start with the GS. Is who who do you think uh, is hot coming into this this race and and then we'll go this long. Well, I mean, after looking at uh, Solden, uh, Hirscher, uh, or Solden and Beaver Creek, like Hirscher obviously is uh, is on fire right now. It'll be interesting to see what Ted does, because I know he said he doesn't love that hill. And um, I remember, what was it, a couple of years ago, he was like third. He was like, I don't know, I thought I was going to ski out today, so I'm stoked. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but I like watching, I mean, now it's, I like watching the young guys and seeing the fire, like um, Kilda. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, well, I mean, for me, obviously the young Canadian guys see how they can, if Eric can come back and, and do it and fill. And, um, but, uh, yeah, I don't think you can go against Hirscher on that hill, um, yeah. especially after winning Beaver Creek. Yeah. Um, a quick question. I mean, I know like the GS part of the mystique of the GS is that you got to stack those gates in there. I mean, what is it like 24 meters is about average on the GS yeah. there. I it, mean, twenty two. Yeah, it's tight, right? It's it's so steep. Um, and, and slalom some somewhat too. Like yeah, and that's what I wanted. I get at is is the slalom. What's the meter average meter length in in the slalom? I would say it's it's it does stack more in the slalom. It doesn't matter as much. The GS is just stacked tight, yeah. tight yeah. together. Because it's yeah. like nine ten meters, I think, in slalom, isn't it? Yeah. Sometimes at some places. Yeah. Uh, maybe more close to ten, but that's not as drastic as yeah no. gs when it's like 24 that's what i guess finara man yeah. he, he's usually uh good there a little quicker and probably henrik yeah I mean, <laughs> that kid's got fire so i uh and, and what who do you got in the slalom here like you know stepping well, away we from a race it. yet right and, yeah it, um, stepping away from it this is this is my first time i'm i'm not gonna be standing on those starting gates for a while so it's it's interesting yeah. but who who you watched for a year who do you uh who well, do you see coming be honest i watched more ladies slalom last year because it was hard for me to watch the men's slalom yeah i only watched a few races um at world champs so i was down there watching and a couple on um but yeah it's it'll be interesting to see how it how it works out especially i want to see if andre mire can do you know he had a great gs result and he had a tough season last year um um in slalom and so i want to see if that gs result in in Beaver Creek is going to translate to having him back like close to the podium or on the podium. Cause he was definitely, um, a force. And, 
see if the MIG, his sophomore season, aka Hiroshilov. Yep. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, after his, like, I mean, he's been around forever, but his breakout year last year, right. to see to see how, if he's on fire again. Um, Hargan, uh, I would say, is probably a, a good dude. And, oh, you know who's killing it? Well, was it, no, two years ago there in Val d'Azur was um, Razzoli. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then he blew out. So I like seeing like the scene where those guys kind of they can pop in on those race hills that they like, um, and then obviously like sure sure you know there you go, yeah. <laughs> and Henrik, um, but yeah those couple dark horses or uh, see if Lizaru, uh, he's had success there he was second in the world championships um, after you know kind of last year up and down and where Grange is at. I don't know. There's a lot of cool little uh, side stories besides, you know, the Hirscher, the Hirsch. Yeah. Um, the, to see kind of where where those guys are going to start, especially when we normally start at Levy, which is mellow in comparison. Yeah, and I I guess I don't know. I want you to touch on this, but it, it always seems to me like these first races, if you have a strong team that's pushing each other. Um, it seems to bleed into the first race a little bit to know, you know, have be training at a higher speed. So you're going to race yeah. right away. So the, those Swedes, right? I mean, they have so many good slalom skiers. They got six guys in the top 30. Yeah. And and so it's like, I think I, I honestly I mean like a Jens on that hill or mm-hmm. uh, the, you touched on Hargan, uh, Axel Beck. You know? Dude, Jens is so fun to watch on that hill because he is a wild skier and he like, drops his hit you know lets his hips rotate in his hands and it's such a demanding hill but when he's on and he can pull off his style on that hill it is so wild to watch uh he's done it a few times that's a yeah when he like when he's doing him on that hill <laughs> it's yeah it's mind-bending it's cool <laughs> let's let's touch on ra a little bit you said you watched a lot of a lot of the women slalom um, yeah. Last season, uh, uh, you had to have seen Michaela in in, in Aspen. Is anyone going to touch her up there? I mean, her GS looked amazing too before that lean. And what do you think? Um, uh, I guess I would be hopeful if I said yes. Um, I, but you know, she looked so good and just like so on point, effortless. Right? Mm-hmm. She was like bop 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 dancing. Um, but Frida, I mean, Frida's a vet. She's, she's out there in, in her home country. Um, she's done well. So, uh, yeah, that would be, that would be an outside shot. Maybe Aaron. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm kind of rooting place, for her. But... She's my, she's my dark horse <laughs> behind ship. Yeah. yeah. Um, but man, like you can't go against her, uh, Michaela. She's, she's so on fire right now. Yeah, and that and that's another one who's just building speed into the finish, putting time on everyone into the finish. Yep, totally. Yeah. So yeah. I, I want to go back to uh, a little bit here and just we talked all about a lot of different athletes, but from your perspective, who I mean, you, you said uh, I believe you, was it Hargan? You said is your favorite was your favorite Psalm guy to watch there right now? Or, or Jens? Yeah, Jens. Okay, but. Who who are your favorite athletes right now? Like specifically, they get in the gate and you get kind of fired up to see what they do. Who who can you can you two or three yeah. names at best? Um. Well, in slow, I mean, GS. I love watching Ted. Mm-hmm. Um, Hargan. 
Um, now, I, like, I'm gonna have to go obscure or something like that. Uh, but I, <laughs> you know, to show that I know more than like five people. Um, killed that. Uh, well, not in slalom, but in yeah. I love. He was super fun to watch uh, in the speed. Um, but I love I love watching Jens, uh, and I I like watching Stefano grow. Yeah. Because he runs so tight and his feet still are close together when so many people are going with a wider stance and when he's roll, he has like the cleanest roll up I've ever seen um, and especially those top gates in, in, in Valzer like he still snaps off such a small turn in comparison to like the long like Felix is like solid long arch oh yeah Felix oh, I forget about him um <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, you know, he has like a, he's adapted over the years and like so stable and like, you know, water stance, longer arc, kind of the way Ted progressed GS a few years ago. But Stefano, when he's on, he still does that like super short, snappy, clean, clean arc. And it's, uh, it's so different than the others and it's super fun. Yeah, I, I I love I love watching Gross man, because it's you don't know what's gonna happen and and how he's so athletic. His feet are so like amazing that his ability to stay in the course with what you're talking about in his tactics and technique, it has to come through his athleticism. I want to see the guy play soccer or something because I, I bet he's oh, yeah. awesome. But he's Italian, so he probably dive a lot. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Snap. God, just slide that one in there. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mike. I mean, what fun is it? Most fun about skiing in, with international friends is that you you get all these like stereotypes that you get to make fun of all the different countries about, right? It, it, oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh, I got a whole whole list of questions. Uh, two pages worth for Hiroshiloff when we get him on here. <laughs> oh, nice. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Hopefully, he doesn't hang up halfway through because you know. It's, it's a, it's a, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of un, 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 unanswered questions that I, that I need for me, not just for the viewers. <laughs> well, Mike, it's uh it's been uh it's been great catching up with you and uh, we can't thank you enough for joining us and have a, have some good pow turns up there in Whistler and, and a good season. Yeah. Thanks guys. Uh, reiterate what some of your other guests have said. It's, I think it's super cool that you guys are doing this and I get to geek out on, on ski racing every so often a little more. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to have you on uh, later in the season, see how things are shaking out. Right on, guys. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Mike. Cheers. Mike Janik, super interesting guy. Um, I like the color. I like him and Manny, very colorful dudes. Is it something about being Canadian, eh? Well, you know, yeah, they're super... Uh, you have to imagine with the North American spunk combined with their... Uh, com- combined with their... Um, What's, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, manners, uh, polite, overly polite manners. You know, it's just it's just fun to talk to those guys. Yeah. And I I guess we made our picks there with Mike talking about who we like this weekend. Um, of course, Michaela it, it, up in in RA. She's she's on my number one spot in both races. And um, we talked about all the slalom skiers that could dominate. Mm-hmm. We don't really know what's going to happen in the men's slalom. The one person we haven't touched on um, and who I'm rooting for. He had a great race in in Beaver Creek in the GS. Is David Chudunsky? Yep. And uh, he's he's our first, he's our lone top thirty uh, guy in the U.S. for slalom. Yeah. And, and he's had success on that hill. He's had top tens on that hill. Um, is this Davers' breakout 
podium. We don't know the conditions, but if the snow conditions allow it, it could be. Uh, you know, I'm certainly always rooting for Daver in every slalom. I mean, in now with you out of the picture uh, on the World Cup, you know, he's my he's he's he's, he's carrying the weight of my heart on his shoulders. So <laughs> you know, I'm I'm always psyched on on Chatter, and um, you know, he deserves it. I mean, he's his time is due. I mean, that guy is. Um, for him to not really cracked that that podium consistently or at all really um, is beyond me because his time is it's he's definitely talented enough to be there. In everything I've heard is his training's going well. He's mm-hmm. he's skiing fast. Uh, I talked to him last week and he's 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 stoked about the team atmosphere this this season with Forrest Carey taking over mm-hmm. running that World Cup Tech group. Um, you know, and then we have Ted, we have no clue. We talked to him last week about a slalom and he says he's not trained much of it, but he feels confident in it. And you know, it's going to be race to race. With le- him. Less is more. Less is more what Ted said. And, and then and you got to believe with that super G the podium over the weekend, you know, anything's probably possible right now. Exactly. And, and so Ted in the, in the GS, he doesn't like that GS hill, but he's good everywhere. Yep. Um, and then I guess, you know, for me, I, I go to that slalom crew. I was with them last year and. And Tim Kelly, I, I'm rooting for Tim Kelly. Oh, you gotta get those World Cup points, Timmy. Slope side, um, slope side syrup, and he's back on the team, back with support, um, getting fast skis from Fisher. Um, I, I'm I'm stoked to to finally watch Timmy and and, and Mike Ankeny uh, and see see what these guys can do for the U.S. Yeah, and you know, I mean, you know, it, it goes without saying that they probably would have broken through already if they were on Blizzard. But you know, I understand hanging out on the Fisher product is as advantageous for them at the moment. Well, let's just that, Timmy's on Fisher. Fisher rips; they're always good. And uh, Mike, Mike's on Nordica. You know, that's a great slalom setup. Yep. And and uh, one last shout out the 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 dark dark horse for the Americans. AJ Guinness, what is he gonna do? We have no clue, but that kid can rip. His day's coming. His day's, the day's coming. coming where he's gonna be a household American ski racing name yep. in tech. So, um, as always, James, this has been a fun, uh, fun sesh this this week, and uh, I'm looking forward to these races. Absolutely, and we'll catch you guys next week. Where we'll have uh, some more colorful interviews and uh, folks on the show. And uh, thanks again for tuning in, and thanks again. FantasySkiRacer.com, Shred and Slytech. Have a great racing weekend, everyone.